0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Hey, Wednesday. Today is Wednesday, right, Snoop? Wednesday attention of Light the Tower. I think so. On the Horn. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we just thank you so much for being a part of the presentation. I am Jeff Howe. Find my work at Horns 24-7. Get me on Twitter at Jeff Howe247. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Longhorn Blitz Podcast, which is up on the Horns24-7 Podcast feed. That's myself, Matt Butler, and Rod Babers. You can hear the Longhorn Blitz Podcast tomorrow here on the Horn 7 o'clock. Or anywhere you get your podcasts, search Horns24-7. That's Horns247. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click the follow button. You get every episode of the Blitz when it drops on Tuesday. Talking to Rod and Matt about this. The Horns 24-7 podcast feed did about 1.9 million downloads in 2022. So those of you supporting the Blitz and our other podcasts, flagship state of recruiting, thank you so much for your support. Uh, Craig is not in today. Uh, Craig is on his way to Fort Worth, Texas women's basketball game tonight. You can hear that on 105 through The Bat. We'll give you details about that later. Got a little Texas football to talk, a little recruiting to talk, and obviously we got to talk about that basketball game. Last night, for right now, uh, Craig is not here but the man who is here every day. Unless, in this time slot, you are playing for a UIL state championship, in which case he will be at that game. So, he takes no days off unless we have a holiday and he, by rule, is not allowed to be here.
0: Yeah, by rule. He
1: will will be behind the glass. (laughs) He is the publisher, curator, otherwise major Uh. domo, of everything Flex ATX. FLXATX.com, at FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. He is the legendary, the one and only, the great Snoop Daniel. Snoop? I will not say or say that
0: I may be getting up shots during the Christmas break in the gym, even though UIL says I can't be there. You know, I don't know. During Christmas break. Doing a little th- hooping? Those three days, you're yeah. Taking,
1: I- you're taking Hoop Daniel very seriously I am. at this point.
0: It's fun. I you know, because somebody got to do it. Because you know, like this is a, a football place. It's hard to uncork people from football, man. And so, you know, you got to kind of give a- extra effort. But it's it's that. But shout out to the hoopers. And I was a hooper myself. So.
1: But there's a there's a really good basketball tradition in our in and around our Fairburg. I mean, there was a time when I was growing up, Liberty Hill was a, a ba- kind of the basketball mecca. Really, kind of power- a mecca. Liberty Hill was a powerhouse. Georgetown with Lance Hughes, they were really good. Uh, Obviously, LBJ with Ray Jackson, and you just go down through the years. Tony Watson at Pflugerville. Freddie Rollins Uh, still doing it. Yeah, saw him yesterday. (laughs) Just kind of, you know, what what Coach Collier did at Bowie, uh, putting you know, sending guys to college. Berth did Zay. Uh, Curtis Gerald's at Dell Valley, A.J. Abrams at McNeil. So just go on down the list, man. There's a lot of Marshall Brown at LBJ, a lot of really good Hoopers. And, you know, recently uh, with Greg Brown at Vandegrift, Jared, yes. Jared Allen's in the league doing well. He's, he's an all-star. So a lot of really good basketball, boys and girls basketball, uh, in and around our fieldwork. Hey, can I share a couple things with the listening audience, Snoop, before we get rolling um, here? We'll, we'll talk about Texas basketball first. Uh, still we got do we have the post game interview with Rodney Terry? Um, yeah, the, yeah, because Craig sent that as uh, okay. Part, yeah, as we'll, we'll do that before, here. In, we'll do that here in a you. minute. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, if I sound a little, uh, I don't know, off today, my allergies are murdering me. I, th- I got the medicine in me this morning, and pretty much like right when I was turning on Lost Creek to right here in front of the studio, that's about the time I really first felt like I was clearing up this morning. So I apologize if I, oh I, I gotta I gotta get this. Uh. Says who was the guy from Liberty Hill that played at Southwest Texas State? That'd be Richard Hastings. So I still think at one time I think had the state record for single points in a game and maybe maybe three pointers made a game. It was like seventy something or eighty something, uh, which I think he might. I want to say he might have set that in a game against Florence, which was like it was both teams scored triple digits because Florence had a kid named Kyle Johnson who scored 60 something in the same game. Like
0: last night? Or- uh,
1: yeah, kind of like, like last night. I can't believe it. Like, Tyrese Hunter went for 29. Marcus Carr went for 27. <laughs> Texas scored 103 points. Man, they they probably won. No, they gave up 116 and K State shot the lights out. So oh. that's why it didn't happen. And Chris Clack and Anderson, Chico Vasquez from Reagan. Right Chica down the road. Yeah, so a lot of really good hoopers in the area. Um, so, yeah, if I sound a little off today or I'm hitting the cough button, you guys hear awkward silence just letting you know now. Don't worry about it. The other thing is, Snoop, I was running a little behind this morning and have kind of been in a bind because it's tough, man. My, my 16-year-old dog, Molly the dog, my yellow lab, uh, she had another vestibular episode yesterday. What call them, like a vestibular stroke, yeah. which it's not painful for the dog is what I've been told uh but like she just loses her sense of balance and she's nauseous and dizzy and just for 48 hours is just kind of a mess so uh typically that happens in older dogs so it just kind of reinforces that this pet that you've had for so long is mm-hmm. She's got more days behind her than she does ahead of her. So I know I've talked about my dogs before, but, yeah, Molly the dog having a, a rough 48 hours probably. Molly. So I had to, had to take her to the vet yesterday. What a sweet so name. Yeah, she's, she's awesome, man. A, that's the best, the best pet I've ever owned is Molly the dog. Yeah, no Molly, disrespect to my other pets. This is a
0: good name for, for humans and pets. That was the
1: first gift I ever got my wife when we were dating. Got her a dog.
0: Somebody's crying in their car. Are you going to make them...
1: No, no need for that this yes. morning. No need for mm-hmm. that this morning.
0: Uh all right, Snoop. <laughs> let's talk
1: about Texas and K State last night. Uh a 116-103 loss. If you've been listening to B and E, uh, or you followed me on Twitter or followed the coverage of Horns 24 7, you know the, the numbers are ugly. Uh 116 points, that's a school record for K-State. That's also the most points Texas has ever given up in a Big 12 game. I went back and looked, Snoop. There's a stat site. Uh, I think it's a college basketball reference, uh, stat reference for college basketball. And they only go back to data starting with the 2010-2011 season. For Texas, that's the Tristan Thompson, Corey Joseph, Jacobin Brown team that had the uh, five-second call against Arizona and might have been on their way to the Elite Eight otherwise. But they had a really, really good year under Rick Barnes. But it don't the stats only go far, that far back to last to to that season. So basically since the start of the 2010-2011 season the uh, numbers Texas gave up last night it was the i just lost it hold on there we go. Uh, and all these are season highs obviously Texas has given up. It's the since the 2010-2011 season, it's the second most field goals Texas has given up, the highest field goal percentage uh, tied for the third most three-point field goals allowed, ninth-highest three-point percentage allowed, most free throws made, tied for the third most free throws attempted, and the most assists Texas has surrendered in a game since the start of the 2010-2011 season. Historically, bad night on defense. And when you look at the offensive production for Texas at the end of the night, Snoop, you couldn't have had like Think about the Texas made 12, 12 field goals in a row at one point in the second half. They end of the second half, shooting. they shot 67% from the field in the second half. 22 for 33, 6 of 12 from 3. For the game, think about this. You lost a game by double digits in which you shot 52% from the field, 41% from the three-point line, and 85% from the foul line, and you still lost by double digits. Again, 29 for Tyrese Hunter. Uh, that's a career high for him. He also had three steals. Oh, by the way, you only turned it over nine times. That high scoring of a game, you only turned it over nine times. 29 from Tyrese Hunter, 27 from Marcus Carr, who, by the way, continues to shoot the ball well. 10 of 17, six assists, six rebounds. Nice, well-rounded game for Marcus Carr. 10 from Timmy Allen, 16 off the bench from Jabari Rice, 13 of those in the second half. But none of it mattered because you had the worst, absolute worst defensive performance I can remember a Texas team having. I can't remember the last time Texas was. I mean, probably, honestly, Probably Tom Pender's era that I saw Texas play just this bad on defense. And it's not like K State was just, just had some awesome scheme. Yes, Yurik Malagy, who was at Texas last year, Jerome Tang said after the game, Yurik Malagy did the scout for K State uh, for this game. So maybe you had a little bit of an advantage just in terms of knowing nuances of some guys but it's not like K-State was just scheming up stuff they did say hey Texas had a tendency to and we know this watching Texas they they will do a, a try really really hard to deny the ball they felt like that was going to allow them to get some some cutters going to the basket on backdoor cuts they were able to do that but pick and roll defense was putrid defending the three point line was putrid uh their press didn't work like basically nothing Texas tried defensively last night worked and we've seen this in the games Texas has played without Chris Beard on the bench when it's been Rodney Terry, the defense has just kind of, it's almost felt like it's incrementally been not as effective. And then last night, it just completely fell off a cliff. You look at K State at the end of this game, Snoop. I mentioned how, you know, the totals just in the last, you know, decade plus, how high some of those totals are. K State ends the game shooting 60% from the field. They go 36 for 60, 54% from the three point line, 13 made threes. 94% from the foul line, 31 to 33 from the foul line. K-State 23 assists on 36 field goals, which is awesome. Uh in terms of how much you share the basketball. And and I, you know, I typically don't pay this much attention to this stat, but last night it was so prevalent. Of K-State's 36 field goals made, think about this, Snoop. Of the 36 field goals K-State made. 32 of them were either dunks, layups, or three pointers. All but four of their main field goals was either a dunk, a layup, or a three. That means you're playing you're playing bad interior defense, you're not defending the perimeter, your transition defense isn't very good. Just uh, abysmal. Any way you sliced it last night from Texas. K-State, 79 possessions last night, 1.468 points per possession. In Texas, you weren't bad last night, 80 possessions. points per possession, that'll win you a lot of games, but not when you're that bad on defense. So uh, after the game, Craig and Eddie Oren caught up with uh, Texas uh, acting head coach Rodney Terry uh, to talk about what happened.
2: Back on the Bud Light postgame show inside the Texas locker room, visiting the Longhorns coach Rodney Terry. This is one of those nights where I know you tried a lot of different things and they made a lot of shots. But how about your overall assessment of what you saw out there on both ends of the floor?
3: Well, again, I always say to our guys, whether we get off to a good start or a bad start, we have to try to work the game for 40 minutes. You know, no one's going to come out and completely knock anyone out uh, in, the, in the Big 12. You know, give those guys a lot of credit. They came out. They they made some shots. They they make about six threes a game. They made 13 a night. And, uh, you know, we uh, we let those guys get to the paint. There was an emphasis on, on not allowing guys get to the paint. And uh, uh, the two best players had great games, and uh, they, were, they were major contributors for their, their team.
2: Eddie mentioned a couple of times about when they went with that, that double high screen a couple of times. I know there were some, some issues to try to fight through that and try to see if you can get some stops.
3: Yeah, we, we had definitely had some ways that we wanted to try to guard that. And, uh, you know, we, again, give uh, Noel, he's, he's a tough He's tough to deal with. He's really good in pick and roll. We knew that coming in. And there were going to be times that we really wanted to try to trap that situation there a little bit of times. And, uh um, you know, we just weren't in position to be able to do it. You know, they started making shots, and you get a little timid over on the side in terms of whether or not you want to completely trap. And, um, you know, and then they had, they, they, you know, again, he made some great reads with, you know, hitting those guys on the, on the, on the roll. And, you know, our tags wasn't where they need to be as well. But uh, we'll learn from this. We'll get better. You know, uh, obviously I'll do a better job coaching our guys and trying to have it better defensively. And uh, uh, we'll continue to try to stay the course. Rodney, do you uh, have any ideas? Probably too early to know about Christian, bishop his status as far as uh, his injury, what happened? Yeah, you know, again, I don't, I don't really know what it was. I know he took a real bad spill there to start the game. Uh, you know, and uh, um, you know, Warren's great. Our trainer, he you know, does a great job with our guys and getting our guys back on the floor and. Well, we made a decision not tonight not to bring him back based on what it what had occurred, but he'll do a great job getting him getting him ready to be back on the floor and we'll put him back out there when, when he's when he's healthy.
2: Ronnie, interesting to get your thoughts on uh, how much does it take out of a team, you're down 20, and cut it to seven. That's a a steep hill to climb to try to finish the job, to try to see if your guys have enough to to finish the job when you're down 20 and fight it all the way back to within seven.
3: No, for sure. I mean, we have to get back to our identity tonight. We weren't weren't uh, in that mode in terms of trying to get stops. And, and again, a lot of it was predicated on what happened in the first half. I thought – we came out and we 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 uh we took the challenge on in the second half and guarded much better uh, to start to have and put ourselves in position uh, to 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 make this a game and uh, but when we needed that critical stop we still just weren't, weren't able to get over the hump tonight and again give those guys credit they came in and and uh, played well and and uh and and uh, really out competed us really in the first half
2: how about your thoughts on these next few days it's a tuesday instead of a wednesday before a saturday game and how does that work in in terms of the rest plus the work you you want to see your guys put in before you go up to Stillwater?
3: well we're going to still again you, you keep a win in the big 12 as competitive as this league is you know you have to continue to stay the course we're going to uh um, you know, you have it with you for one night. We're gonna come back and look, take a real good look at the tape. All our guys will get a chance to to try to get better and learn from watching some of the things we did well, some of the things we didn't do well, and uh, continue to try to improve in in all areas. But but uh, we'll have a, a cerebral day tomorrow. We'll work on our bodies and. Uh, we had a great academic semester as well, so we'll celebrate our academic semester like we had planned already. But we'll also do a great job of diving into to seeing how we can improve uh, from the film work, obviously.
1: So a couple of things to take away from there. Coach Terry talking about just what a grind it is in the league. And, you know, we talked about it yesterday, Snoop. You know, ESPN, if you look at their BPI, they rated the 10 toughest schedules in the country the rest of the season, and it was all 10 teams in the Big 12. There are uh, – not everybody in this league is going to make the NCAA tournament, but trust me, every team in this league is an NCAA tournament caliber team. Uh, you know, I don't know, maybe depending on the way, if the, how things shake out, maybe all 10 teams get into the tournament. I doubt it. I highly doubt it. That's probably not going to happen. It's unrealistic, but there's there are no easy games in this league. And, you know, I asked Jerome Tang about that after the game last night, and he said uh, Dream Dowling, their assistant coach, did their scout for the West Virginia game. They beat West Virginia in overtime at home to open conference play. And he was on Grant McCaslin's staff at North Texas when North Texas beat Purdue a couple of years ago in the NCAA tournament. And Coach Daly said, man, that was just like an, an NCAA tournament game. And it's the conference opener. And Jerome Tang said he looked at him and said, yeah, now let's get ready to do that 17 more times. Because that's what it is night in and night out in the Big 12. That's how tough this league is. It's, a, it's the toughest, deepest, best basketball league in the country. How did that happen? Hands down. How did it
0: surpass the ACC or, or you know, from traditional – Non hardcore college basketball. I, I think fans. two
1: two things, Snoop. I think really stand out. One, uh, I think the ACC with expansion just got really watered down. Uh, you know, you might see a there might be a great Duke team or a great Carolina team or whatever, a great Syracuse team coming out of that league. But the bottom of that league is is really really bad. Uh, especially like you look at a team like Louisville this year. Like Florida State's not having a great year. The bottom of that league is really bad. Top to bottom, the Big Twelve is really good. I think credit the athletic directors in this league they've made really good hires like Jerome Tang I think is, is an example of an assistant coach who really waits for the right opportunity Jerome Tang could have had a head coaching job years ago but he waits and waits and waits he was with Scott Drew at the beginning when they started at Baylor and then he takes the K-State job and you know you get a couple of and I, and I think too with one-time transfer in a portal it's much easier to have a quick turnaround. Just getting, you know, Keontae Johnson able to play, and now that they've got him on the floor, I mean, He's one of the best stories in college basketball. You remember uh, back in twenty twenty, Snoop? He was a guy that when he was playing at Florida collapsed on the court during the game with Florida State. Dude. And he's playing with K State. He had, Keontae Johnson had twenty eight last night. I think twenty eight, nine, and five last night. He was awesome last night for K State. So I think it's a combination of the 10-team t- the round-robin format really allows you to get a really good feel for each other. That's why there's so many close games, number one. Number two, you've got really good coaches in this league. Number three, they whether it's Guys, going even if they go to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas, whatever, talent from the state of Texas staying within the league. We know that's been a problem with football. That hasn't necessarily been a problem with basketball. There's a really good talent base in this league. And honestly, uh, even though you know Texas A&M had some years under under Billy Gillespie and Mark Turgeon where, where they were good, I think you know a school like A&M or Nebraska getting out of the league, uh, West Virginia with Bob, especially with Bob Huggins, has been a really good team. Uh, TCU's been on the rise with Jamie Dixon. I, I think you kind of got some dead weight from a basketball standpoint out of the league a little bit. So it just it not, it didn't happen overnight, but through, over the last few years, as the talent level's going up, I mean, we've seen you know Tech played for a national championship, Baylor won a national championship, Kansas won it last year, uh, and I think that speaks to once you get in the NCAA tournament, you're not used to close games because you've been in at that point, you've been in survival mode for about three months. So that's part of of what the takeaway was from what Coach Terry was saying there to Craig and Eddie, just got to get ready for the grind that is the Big 12 slate. But, you know, it's concerning how bad it was defensively. And, you know, again, the fact that they just didn't do anything well last night. And compounding their issues, they had no interior defensive presence last night, no rim protection when Christian Bishop went out. Uh, that really, really hurt. And, you know, Dylan DeSue still doesn't look like he's 100%. So you've got uh, – and Dylan DeSue only played, was it 10 minutes last night? I went and looked at this earlier. I think it was 10 minutes. Uh yeah. him on New Year's,
0: by the way. Yeah. Some Dylan. Yeah,
1: did did, he, uh, did you give him give him? Points?
0: Uh, I saw him from away. You know he's so damn tall. <laughs> he's six oh, ten. It's hard to like miss 10. him.
1: Uh, is... Dylan DeSue, two points, two boards, two assists, and a block in ten minutes. He only gave you ten minutes. And uh, Christian Bishop only had seven before he took a nasty – Did you see that play, Snoop? Where he he went down the lane, tried to put somebody on a poster, and ended up taking a really really hard That's what fall. Happened. Yeah, you could see when he was at the foul line, he just didn't look right and and got out there got out of the game after his. Trip to the foul line and didn't come back. You only played seven minutes, but you basically had no interior presence last night. I mean, that's why
0: we're already a smallish. Uh,
1: yeah, that's in. That's uh, all of your production came from your guards. You had to get twenty four minutes out of Brock Cunningham. So it's it was just it was bad on top of bad last night for Texas defensively, and they got to get that fixed because as good as the offense was last night, and honestly, as good as it's been since Rodney Terry took over. I don't think you're that good offensively where you, you definitely can't count on every night going 50-plus 50 per, 50 percent from the field, 40-plus percent from three, and 85-plus percent plus from the foul line. That's just not going to happen every night. Uh, and I just don't think Texas is that good offensively to be able to bank on that night in and night out. So you've got to tighten things up defensively, and they'll be able to get back after it. Uh, you got to get back on the horse at, in Stillwater at 11 o'clock game, like we talked about yesterday, Snoop. A little kegs and eggs college basketball for Texas in Stillwater on Saturday. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. I get to a couple Texas football-slash-recruiting-type deals. We'll do that when we come back, uh, and we'll keep the conversation going. Specs text line is open, 337-3776, whatever you got. We'll get to it on the other side. As we continue on Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Um. Wait a minute!
2: No tipping Pippin is making somebody pay three hundred and thirty-three thousand dollars to hang with him. That's disgraceful. I forgot he didn't tip. Apparently, Pippin doesn't tip, but he's gonna make me pay three hundred and thirty-three grand to hang out. At what, what? I get a taste of his bourbon. Is Mike coming? And
1: yeah, I was gonna say. Back here on Light the Tower, Jeff House, Snoop Daniel. Uh, a couple of things on the specs text line. Potato Head and a couple of other textures have mentioned this about you're not going to run into teams to shoot the ball as well as K State did last night. No, you're not. But the fact that you gave up, I think you allowed 38 points on dunks and layups. And it's not like all of those were contested either. Just like I said, it, just, it was a combination of both. Just really poor night defensively, and K-State shot the ball just out of their minds. So it's not like K-State was a prolific shooting team coming into the game either. And for Texas, I think there's a lot of things you can point to to say how bad it was last night defensively. But I think, one, you look at uh, Ken Pomeroy, KenPom.com, the uh, adjusted defensive efficiency. Texas came into the end of the day yesterday 13th in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. After the game today, they come in today 38th in the country. And adjust the that's defensive awesome. efficiency. So yeah, that's it's not good. I saw those
0: numbers. I'm like, what? I couldn't believe it. I I don't know. I'm just I'm not used to the Longhorns ever scoring a hundred. and the fact that there were two <laughs> triple digit numbers up on the board, and man, we lost. I, I wish I I wish I had witnessed it because I do like when, when people are getting buckets. Was it enjoyable to watch?
1: Um, <laughs> I know they got drilled. Well, they? If Texas had. If Texas hadn't got down by the 20, yes. then it probably would have been if it was a really a back-and-forth. And honestly, the crowd was into it. I give the crowd at Moody, <laughs> at Moody Center last night props. They were into it. Uh, there was a couple times they cut it to eight several times. There was one point where Jabari Rice, who just played out of his mind in the second half, he had a drive to the bucket where he makes it, gets fouled, and converts a three-point play to cut it to seven. Let me look at what point in the second half that was when Jabari Rice cut it to seven.
0: Well, at least the crowd is <laughs> – they're involved, because uh, there were times at the Frank Erwin Center, I don't think it mattered who was there. <laughs> to yeah. be so cavernous.
1: So they were in it. The Jabari Rice three-point play, that made it a seven-point game with 7 one to go. And at that point, I'm thinking, okay, this is probably right where you want to be. It's a seven-point deficit, seven minutes to go Go do it. But like Rodney Terry said in the interview we heard last segment with Craig and Eddie after the game, they just couldn't get a stop when they needed to. they get it to a, a single digits, and they, like I said, they cut it to seven. That was as close as they got. They just couldn't get a stop, whether it's it's fouling and sending K-State to the line, giving up a three, a backdoor cut for a layup. You just could not get a stop when you needed it. So tough night for the Longhorns on the hardwood. But right now, I want to talk about the Longhorns on the gridiron in our first edition of today's Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Brought to you by Erin Bowersock, BowersockTeam.com. She is the home loan expert. Let Erin do for you what she did for Craig and Linda, lightning fast process going through the approval uh, when they moved to Georgetown. BowersockTeam.com. Erin Bowersock is your home loan Expert. All right, one position I want to talk about for the Texas football team. Uh, we'll get into some more recruiting stuff. Uh, if you need notes from uh, the Under Armour game was last night. We've got the uh, All American Bowl down in San Antonio. Practice is going on right now. Uh, we got the game on Saturday. So, we'll and Snoop, you will be there for, like for sure on
0: Saturday. I, I will say ninety five percent sure. I, you you I, got I your plan cr- on you it. got your credentials. Yes, for, I do. For, all right. I nice. just have to worry about my hotel and game. I I need an oil change so bad. I'm at ten thousand. I need to get oil changed. Snoop, get your oil changed. Up. Ten thousand? Oh yeah.
1: Snoop. I know.
0: I know. I want my car. How many to mi- last. How, how many miles
1: you got on your car?
0: Ooh, I'm not gonna say that. It's way. It's up there. So <laughs> we
1: talking triple digits?
0: Oh man. Yeah, fam.
1: So six, six, <laughs> six figures in the mile? Yeah. Snoop, you gotta go like at this point. I try man. to do it at the most. At the most, every five. Okay. Sometimes I'll do, it. To if to do feeling, it if I'm feeling if I'm feeling extra it. paranoid that week. I'll go every three.
0: I be getting on myself so, because I'm like I need my car so bad. I'm like, go get your stupid oil change. And I'd be I, God bless that car because I put it through the ring.
1: What, what do you have? What do you have today? Today's Wednesday. You don't have any sports tonight, do you?
0: Um, no, no, not go really. Be,
1: after the show, go get your oil change. Yeah, I have to work. <laughs> All right, go get go. Well, it ain't gonna matter what kind of work you do yeah, if you get yeah, okay. a oil change yeah. if the car breaks down. Yeah, you're right. Go get your you oil know, change right, sorry, after the
0: show. I, I, Sorry, Longhorn Nation. <laughs> no, it's notebook. all
1: good. But we'll talk more recruiting <laughs> coming up in the next hour. We will talk a little recruiting, but as it relates to the safety position at Texas, uh, Jaron. You look at the safety position at this time last year. I, mean, I was going to talk about Jaron Thompson, and I will talk about him. Just how poor. Safety play was for Texas last year. We talked about it. Just the explosive plays you gave up, the number of missed tackles. Nothing really seemed to click for Texas last year at safety. Uh, you know, what, what you got from Brendan Schooler, you didn't get much uh, from B.J. Foster last year. Jaron Thompson, after a pretty promising freshman year, uh, did not have a good uh, did not have a good sophomore year last year. Trying to, I lost my tab here looking at some pro football-focused stuff. I was trying to pull up some stuff for, t- for the safety position for Texas last year. Uh, but you look at what they did in the offseason, what Texas did in the offseason to address the safety problem. They move Anthony Cook from corner to safety. They move Ke- uh, Keaton Crawford from corner to safety. Uh, and you get a really good year from Anthony Cook. and Snoop, I know we talked about this the day after the Alamo Bowl. Anthony Cook played the last five games of the year with a broken forearm. He, he broke it against Oklahoma State. Didn't miss any games, and for him to come back and play through that, uh, nothing nothing but props to Anthony Cook for the job he did. And when you look at pro football focus, just in terms of the highest-graded defenders Texas had this year, Jaron Thompson was your seventh-highest-graded defender, uh, 77.7 overall, uh, pretty solid across the board. an 80 grade by pro football focus. All these are, are in the green for pro football focus. 80 is a run defender, 77.7 tackle grade, uh, 76.1 in coverage. Um, you got Anthony Cook at 64.9. So you had a really got a really productive year from the safety group this year after the changes you made. But you go back to 2021, what Texas got out of that safety group. Uh Brendan Schooler was your highest graded safety at 67.9. Uh, and then you look at the guys that played a lot of snaps. Jaron Thompson was at 60.9, a 37-grade. It's almost a 40-point a forty point jump in uh, run defense grade for Jaron Thompson year over year. Uh, and then we talk about B.J. Foster, 42.8% grade as a run defender, 607 overall. So you were bad at safety last year. You were really good this year, and safety is a position that clearly Texas wants to attack in the transfer portal. Uh, they made a really good run at Jihad Carter, a safety transfer from Syracuse. He committed to Ohio State yesterday. It was down to Ohio State and Texas. He picked Ohio State. That's why you're seeing Texas and Jalen Catalan. Now there is not just smoke, but there is fire there. Jalen Catalan's going to visit this weekend, and I'll tell you why I like this. Yes, he has dealt with a lot of injuries during his time at Arkansas, but when he is healthy and when he is right, one of the more productive defensive backs in the SEC during his career, and I love the versatility Jalen Catalan brings to the table. And Again, he'll be on campus this weekend. Over parts of four seasons with the Razorbacks, you look at his snap counts where he lined up, 25 snaps at corner, six snaps technically as a defensive lineman, 331 snaps in the box, 610 snaps as a safety, 207 snaps in the slot. I love that versatility. And I'm fascinated to see between Blake Gideon, Terry Joseph, and PK, do they take any guys at corner and cross-train them at safety a little bit? Because... You're pretty deep at corner now. With what we've seen from Ryan Watts, what you got out of Terrence Brooks this year, uh, Austin Jordan, Xavier Bryce, you, you're, you're really good at corner right now. Even even losing Deshaun Jameson, uh, the fact that Terrence Brooks probably going to slide into that field uh, that uh, that field corner spot that uh, that Jameson was at, you, f- you got to feel pretty good about where you're at a corner. Does a staff where they're short at safety. You know, JD Coffey jumps in the portal, and obviously, you're losing Anthony Cook. Uh, do they cross train somebody else at safety? Well, that'll that'll that remains to be seen, but at the very least, they're going to want a safety out of the portal. And if they get Jalen Catalan again, health is going to be a really, really big part of it. But when he's on the field, when he's healthy, he's as he was as productive as any safety in the SEC. You go back to uh the 2020 season, the COVID year, when Arkansas really was kind of the surprise of the SEC. I thought they were going to go winless playing an SEC-only schedule. Uh, They won three games, and I think every game except maybe the Alabama game, they were competitive. Uh, 79.4 overall grade, according to Pro Football Focus, for Jalen Catalan. You look at uh, his tackle numbers, he had 75 tackles. He only had 14 missed tackles A 12.4. Missed tackle percentage for him that year Compare that to where Texas was last year At the safety position uh, Jaron Thompson, and again You know, that 2020 year Jalen Callen Was about 12% in terms of missed tackle rate Last season for Texas at safety uh, Jaron Thompson, 25.8 In terms of the missed tackle percentage uh, Chris Adamora 23.1 When it comes to miss missed tackle percentage B.J. Foster, 16.7 that, that came up a little bit This year for Texas when you look at the missed tackle Percentages uh, for the Longhorns this year uh, When you look at the guys that played primarily At the safety position Anthony Cook was at 23.2 uh, But Jaron Thompson improved He's was at 11.6 uh, Michael Taft didn't play as much 11.5 That's another guy, Snoop, that's going to be huge Now that he's on scholarship And it was cool at the Alamo Bowl Talking to uh, Jaday Barron And uh, and some of the other guys on defense about. And talked to Anthony Cook about it too about Michael Taft going on scholarship. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Cook said they all yeah. kind of felt pride in him going on scholarship. And Jade Barron, I didn't know this, but apparently they've been training together for years now in the off season. So Jaday's yes,
0: with uh, – with, uh, with, is it with band performance? Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Cameron, M- M- Cameron Blake, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've been training for years. So Jade said he felt like it was really personal to him to see Taft go on scholarship. Don't undersell Michael Taft's development and him getting an, uh, some extended reps in spring uh, to give them some depth of safety. But we know, again, they want to add a safety from the portal. They like Jihad Carter, but Jalen Catalan coming on campus, that renewed interest. Uh, again, the health concerns are there. But, man, it's it's to me, the, the juice is worth the squeeze if you get a healthy year out of Jalen Catalan. I mean, it's no different than what we said at this time last year uh, about Jordan Whittington. Like, Jordan Whittington, you felt like could be productive. He just needed to stay healthy. And lo and behold, you got a productive year out of Jordan Whittington because he was healthy the entire year. Played a full season. Played a full 13 games. Uh, Jalen Catalan, just looking at his injury history. I did
0: have a Whittington as a Blitnikoff nominee, but I don't know. Get him to me quick. Craig Way, Jeff Howe, and Snoop Daniel light the tower.
1: Inconceivable, inconceivable,
0: inconceivable, inconceivable. I don't think it miss what you think it means.
1: All right, Snoop, I only have one today. Uh, anybody that's been a parent knows how painstaking the process is of picking a name.
0: Oh, for the baby. Yeah.
1: Okay. I can tell you this. Uh, <laughs> my wife and I, before we knew the sex of the baby, boy names were the one we struggled on. We couldn't, couldn't find one that we liked. For girl names, we settled on Charlotte pretty quick. So... Thank goodness. The, we the girl,
0: your boy options? We
1: we never we never even like pared it down. Like we would throw names out there, and it was like either she didn't like it or I didn't oh, like it. Yeah. Or. <laughs> well,
0: with me, my quick story is I wanted, I wanted either Hanley because Hanley Ramirez was my favorite baseball player, <laughs> <laughs> or I wanted a Milo because like Milo Hamilton was my favorite play by play guy. But Catherine didn't want it. She didn't want either though. I no, it's all good. <laughs> well, um,
1: I told my wife, I said, "Hey, um, if it's a boy, I said, if you go like if if you go have the birth on the day of a Texas basketball game, whoever the leading scorer is, oh. just name the boy after the leading scorer." See, <laughs> so had Eric Davis was on that team. Okay, you had Kerwin Roach on that team. I, I could have had a Snoop Snoop Roach. That would have been dope. <laughs> I could have had a Muhammad. Oh my gosh. I was willing to roll the dice if we I couldn't.
0: Want, Muhammad Howe. That was going to be. It Hey, tech, Shaka,
1: Shaka Smart's 2017-18 roster was oh going to be the tie God. was going to be the tiebreaker if we couldn't think of something. But
0: we're going to get you to convert to. We ended up muscle. having a.
1: We ended up having a girl. But it was, here's the, here was the problem we ran into, Snoop. There was a couple names that I really liked. A couple boy names that I liked. Uh, I like the name Jackson.
0: Yeah, that's a cool name.
1: But my wife had a, when she taught middle school math, she had a kid named Jackson that she said was just a problem kid. So she said, I don't want to look at my son at every time think about that kid. I'm like, okay.
0: He's be a bad kid.
1: And then I like the name Grant, but she really yeah. didn't.
0: Grant is classy.
1: And Other than Michael Jordan, my favorite all-time basketball player is Grant Hill.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say Horace Grant. <laughs> Who like, Horace Grant? Okay. Oh oh God, God. This this lane that we're going down. Um yeah, and Jackson you can spell so many different ways. Like I've seen a lot more recently, uh J A X O N. That's a very popular I'm Dude, a-
1: Jackson Hayes, I think doesn't he spell his J A X S O N? Yes. So, we would have we would have gone traditional though, Okay. Because my wife's my wife's name is Tamara and people are always mispronouncing it, misspelling it. So she's like, No, I want my kid to have a, a phonetically sounding name that's Impossible to misspell (laughs) So, But I bring all this up to say I found this story um, There are baby names You know we're at the time of year where like the top Baby names in America are going to come out right Do you have those? Well no I don't have that But I've got baby names that are Reportedly banned in America or Regulations I didn't know there existed Regulations on baby names For example Snoop did you know in the state of Texas You have a 100 Character limit on First Middle and last names, and each name can only be written in the English alphabet. So, I guess no hieroglyphics or anything like that. Uh, the Lone Star State reportedly prohibits numbers and diacritical marks in names. So, you can't just like have put the number three in your kid's name, like your password, where you might have it an right e and you change it to the number three, you which kids
0: love to do these days.
1: They love that the uh, whole. Yeah, yeah, but there there are also a few,
0: illegal in Texas,
1: A yeah. few uncommon names have been attempted in various parts of the U.S. and subsequently deemed illegal by state courts, according to a report from USBirthCertificates.com. Some examples of prohibited baby names reportedly include King, Queen, Jesus Christ. No, I don't know who would try. To don't name do that. Give their kid that name. Uh, the Roman numeral three. Just kid uh, the Roman that's numeral not three. Bad. Santa Claus, oh Majesty, and again, that's cool. These are out there because people have tried this. Somebody tried to name their kid Adolf Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, someone else tried to name their kid Messiah. And that was shot down. Really? How about the at symbol, Snoop? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's these are. This is, Your birth name is going to
1: be a Twitter handle.
0: I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the at Jeff Hal. Uh, other seconds. names that can
1: be rejected from birth certificates are names that reference trademark brands, according to usbirthcertificates.com. Disparaging terms can also be rejected inside states. See, Bevo Lance Jason brings up a good one. Somebody, there is somebody, Snoop, in that age bracket that has tried to name their kid McLovin.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, this is, this is a good time looking at text lines. Sometimes I'm scared of this thing. Look <laughs> at
1: no, and d Fry brings up a good point. That's why Elon Musk's kid was born in California. No, he he and his wife had to change uh, change their son's name. Their firstborn son's name was it I was a even... you
0: yeah, know it was a something. Yeah, I remember. And a, you...
1: a dash twelve, but they yes. had to change it from the numeric number twelve to the Roman numeral twelve oh. to make it fit into state bylaws or state law. Or and
0: apparently, this kid is already like a genius, like looking at space stuff. Like I don't know. Really? Yeah. Is that yes. is that
1: why you're trying to? Because I know you're a firm believer in Elon Musk. Is that why you're trying to get more into space?
0: Well, yeah, and uh, 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 little Musk. What, hold on, let, let me do the math. Ten thirty-three. He will be three forty-one. Class of forty-one. <laughs> Maybe he leads Del Valle to a state championship in two thousand and. 30, 39, and Coach Bobby Acosta is like, oh, my God, we won a state championship. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, really,
1: I really like this. Uh, one toucher said they wanted to name their son Tajay after Tajay Allen, former Longhorn DB, played in the NFL, mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl with the Rams. Uh, Stoner wants to know, Snoop, how was Milo your guy if you grew up in Dallas? Uh,
0: well, I had my, my, my son in, in my later years, and I grew to really like Milo.
1: There you go. Uh, do- Potato Head said the name Doak. We need to make it popular. I yeah. like that name. D o a k. Yeah, just not enough Dokes. Like Doak Walker. Doak. Doak. The house that Doak built. What a Doak. That's a cool name. What's up, Doak? Uh, so yeah, uh, the couple just wanted to throw that out there. I thought that was. unique. don't really have much else for inconceivable. I, I don't like to. I like to keep the uh, the deck cleared for inconceivable because this is Craig's segment because Craig likes to load up on the tidbits. So try to find something a little off the beaten path. One other thing I do want to mention. And props to everybody in the sports card community for doing this. So, Snoop, with the DeMar Hamlin situation, we've seen the best of us. You know, thoughts and prayers and contributing money to his charity. We've also seen the worst of us, and the worst of us in this case are people that have DeMar Hamlin cards. He's got some autographed cards and some of his the rookie sets that are trying to profit off of his injury and profit off of his situation. But but uh, i'm happy to know i've seen this as, as a conservative effort in some of the facebook groups i belong to that deal in the sports card realm people have been purposely shill bidding these cards raising the prices so much with the intent of not paying that the seller will either have to take the listing down remove it from ebay or relist it and just keep redoing the process over and over so that these cards will not be sold for a profit so Basically, there's a conservative effort to troll these listings for more Hamlin cards.
0: You know what? That's kind sure of like the people trolled the stock market when they ran GameStop up to like $400. Oh, uh, was
1: AMC the other that one? That was wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. God, I wish I got in on that. I'm sad. Was that
1: a year ago? Or it was, that-
0: it was a, maybe a little bit over a year ago, but it was so dang bad that they, like, if, if you had, like, one of those smaller accounts buying, they, they, they banned you. They that was the scheme and troll of a lifetime. I can't believe that's not talked about more. But yeah,
1: wow. Wild.
0: Yeah, to go from th- anyway. <laughs> so that's yeah, conceivable.
1: Uh, in the sport, the the good.